I'm listening to that song just now, and you know, I'm hearing the, the back, the backbeat and the heavy bass and all that good stuff. You know, and I, it's, it kind of reminds me how the church has changed over the years with the music we listen to. But if you think back in the old in the old days, turn of the century, Charles Wesley was considered a rebel yeah. with the Anglican Church. You know, he took he took those liturgical songs and put some back music to it, and they were like, ooh, those are what are they called? Screaming Methodists or something like shouting that? Or Methodist. Shouting Methodists? Yeah. They thought they were drunk or something. You know what they said? They said it's all about the bass, about it's the bass, no the, treble. Yeah. Charles, Charles Wesley wrote that actually. <laughs> 
But he said, it's, it's all about thou base. All about thou base. <laughs> <laughs> no thine treble. That's right. Oh, now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you guys are new to our church today, I want to welcome you guys in. Uh, anybody online, if you guys are watching for the first time, welcome. And believe me, it's better on person, so come on down when you guys get out your pajamas and your slippers and all that good fun stuff. All right, so we're going to stand up today, and we're going to worship the Lord in our way. Not quite Wesleyan. It's all about that church. Uh, I'm on a theme today. No Satan. Ooh, man. We can write a song right now. That's right. Uh, I'm afraid. Very afraid. Won't be the first time we've done that way. Uh, <laughs> so this song is um, called Love the Lord, you know, and it's based on the, uh, the Good Samaritan parable. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, all your strength. The second part of that parable says, and love thy neighbor as yourself. That's a tough one, isn't it? Anybody have neighbors you don't love very much? We all do, right? But according to Jesus, you've got to put that, put that aside and love that person. You don't have to accept them as far as what they think, but you have to love them as a person. All right. One, two, three. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Are you awake? I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Tip it up. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. With all my mind, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, I will love. 
I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will love you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Wesley would be proud of that. I think yes, so. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. You know, pretty awesome. You're talking about him, and I was just looking. Two weeks, it's uh, December, right? But yeah, we get to sing uh, sing songs that were written by that great man, like one, which I think is one of the best ones ever written. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? And they don't only need to sing during Christmas time, but God's. Uh, we're told by Scripture that God sends His angels to watch over us. Let we dash our foot on a stone. And um, we've been talking these last couple weeks about a do-over. Anybody want a do-over? Yeah, it's in, it's in the hands. His name is Jesus. And he gives us a new life. Let's start the song off, gets the chorus. Everybody singing. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me, yeah. And higher. And higher than the mountains that I face. And stronger than the power of Never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on me. Yeah. And on and on, yeah, and on and on and on and on. And on. Your great love. 
debt is paid. There's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. Your love never fails. It never runs out on me. No doubt. Your love never fails. Never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love. And on and on and on and on it goes And it overwhelms and satisfies my soul I'll never ever have to be afraid One thing remains One thing remains Amen. Awesome. Let's just pray right now. Lord God, we just thank you for this, uh, the message in these songs that, um, that just come from your word, that we know that no matter what goes on in life, that this one thing remains, that your love just never runs out. No matter what we do, no matter where we've journeyed from, your love is just, just extends to us, and we give you praise for who you are. So Lord God, just move mightily in this time as we just seek you, who you are in this time, and just ask that you touch our hearts, those areas that are broken, those times where we wish we had doers, God, just bring new life to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, before everybody goes, I'd like you to just take a seat before our kids go to Sunday school, uh, and I uh, just want to lift up some things. There we go. Sorry. All right. How you doing? Okay. I just wanted to touch on a couple. We got a lot of announcements, so I figured we get it while everybody's here. And then there's one other thing I want to do. Um, and if, uh, um, so we wanted you to go ahead and check on this. Again, number one, welcome. If you're visiting, awesome to have you here. We never believe that you're here by mistake. We believe God brought you here for a reason, and we're thrilled that you're here. Um, often people who become visitors here often become family very quickly. I know I see some of the people around the room. Um, Teachers needed for a new uh, Sunday school, three years old, Debbie, right? Correct? Um, so if anybody's three-year-olds. Um, the, the important thing is, can you grab that for me? The, you have in your bulletin the Financial Peace Seminar. Um, several months ago, we did a, a series, actually showed a clip from Dave Ramsey, and we talked about it. Um, Debbie will be leading that. Debbie DiBergilio will be leading that. Her information's here. Um, and so uh, there were several people who signed up at the time. You may have received an email. If you didn't, please go ahead and touch base with Debbie either today or via email or phone number. It's an awesome thing. I know if there's, if there's many of us who are out here that realize we could do a little bit better in our budgeting and uh, follow godly principles in order to help us financially. 
uh, me included. That would be awesome. Our open mic night seemed like it was far away, but it's the 21st. Wayne, anything you need to touch on real quick about that? Uh, no, it's just a good time. You know, just come in, just like you're coming to a, somebody's house, living room kind of thing. Just, you know, don't be shy. Uh, I know the stage can be a little bit uh, uh, overwhelming. Uh, I'm willing to lend my hand for anybody that wants to sing along with me. I'll, I'll play piano, guitar, anything you want. Uh, try and keep it down to like 10 minutes because we're probably like an hour and a half, two hours maybe at the most. It's kind of one of those you want to try it out, see if it works. I mean, obviously bring a friend if you want. Um, it's, it's, uh, everything we do is always kind of an outreach thing if you want to bring a friend in a non-threatening way. Um, uh, so if, if it works out great, we'll do it once a month. If, if not, you know, but you know, just let me know what you want to do. I, I, want to get, I want to get an idea how many guys like, come, or people coming in and do something. I know Fred's got his family doing something. Right. you got your kids doing something. Yeah, so. so sing, dance, tell a poem, whatever you want to do. Uh, and if you just want to come and watch and be part of it, that'd be awesome as well. So that's the 21st. Um, also, uh, the parade, you, we talked about that briefly. December 6th, that's not that far away. So um, please check the information there. Dining for Women will be December 11th. You'll hear more information the closer we get. Uh, and the other things. You see some boxes here. Our goal is 100. 100. Operation Christmas Child. 110. Sorry, 10 more. So if, I, if you got 100, I have to go buy 10. So help me out here. Uh, but Operation Christmas Child, we, I, I, we were just talking. I know everybody's like me, waits till the last second. It's a great time. After church today, go ahead and head to the a, a dollar store or whatever. You can get all the stuff, pack that box. Take kids with you. The kids love to do this. And uh, pack it, and then you bring it back next week. Um, we're going to go ahead and make sure. Are there any of the pamphlets out there, Liz? So there's pamphlets out here. Get them. You can also go online and get some of those things. But we really want to make, just keep this in mind. Even though Christmas will go on and other things will happen, a lot of people around the world come to know Jesus through this. Um, so we are extending, like Wayne kind of mentioned, our love for God. When Jesus said that, he was also asked what the greatest commandment was, and he gave two. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have, and he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, what he was saying there is it's easy to say you love God, but you can tell you love God by how much you love your neighbor and others. And this is a great opportunity for us to do that. So I want to see us blow away that. Also, the Sunday school is going to be packing some of them. So while you're there, bring some extra stuff. Bring so that the Sunday school kids can enjoy to pack it as well next week. So go ahead, go to the dollar store. It's a great time to give. And something that you think is little is something that's awesome that could change somebody's life. So don't let this opportunity pass you by. Next week is our Paris Foundation. Also, our, our Thanksgiving food drive. I see a lot of boxes out there that are empty for you to take and fill. Right, Donna? And you can see all the things that are there. I know it's been put on our, our Facebook page, etc. Um, and there's also contact information. So we really want to do that. I know there's a lot of announcements, right? So that's good stuff. That's very good stuff. But one other thing that, that happens this week that I believe is one of the most important things that we need to do is to recognize this week is Veterans Day. And we have the freedom to worship as we do here because people who have fought um, for our, our country. And that's why I wanted to kind of keep the kids here during this time because I think it's important that they do that. So one of the things that we did last year, we're going to also do again this year. We're going to um, have a video. It's going to be a video of the, the major branches of, of service. If you participated in that branch of service or if some, a family member did, what we'd like you to do is stand up while they're playing the song, and then you can sit down, and then at the end, we'd like everybody to stand um, who, has been a vet, who is a veteran, and so we can honor you and thank you properly. Okay, Melinda? And you can leave the lights up. If you
thank you all. Thank you all very much. Awesome, huh? We, God bless America. There you go. All right, at this time, we're going to allow our children to go. Kids, don't forget, it's because of them that we're able to worship God the way we can. Thank you. Yes. Okay, high school can go with uh, Janet today. That's fine. Awesome. Something about those songs, am I right? Something about those songs that just bring everything together. So, again, we do well. We're going to let our kids transition out. Also, we have a sign-up today for the Paris Foundation, which is next week. And I'm going to be good, and I'm going to start it in the middle today because you guys always get left out. So if you're willing to sign up for the Paris Foundation next week in Elkton to help serve the homeless in our community, that is awesome. Okay? At this time, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Um, I know that takes a little bit of time, but it's well worth it. Am I right? Very well worth it. Okay. Um, we have a Joy. Uh, Judy is at, for a happy birthday for Trudy. Right, Trudy? There you are. Trudy's having her 16th birthday today. Right, Trudy? All right. Um, Joe Fleming is asking for prayers. His Aunt Lil is having surgery this week. Lisa Osborne is um, lifting up Sally, her mother, Sally Tig, who completed her first round of radiation and is uh, feeling very good. Prayer for Victoria Schaefer. She's in pain. Um, and so we want to lift her up in prayers. Um, also, um, prayer for any child going through physical abuse, that they will be rescued and know that God is with them. And uh, to remember Scotty McMillan, who recently passed away from child abuse. So we want to lift up prayers there. Um, the Grable family and Alexander family for Aunt Betty Ann. Lung cancer and chemo and radiation. We want to lift up prayers there. And for Becky Scott, who has breast cancer, who is a cousin. Chill prayers um, for God to continue to lead and direct her in her future and for her to listen. And um, do we have any other concerns that we have here? If you do, please fill those out so we can make sure we get them on the prayer list. And just, um, I just thank God. I know there's a lot, lot going on this time of year. It seems like I say that every week, huh? Um, but I know God's in it all. So let's go to the Lord in prayer if we can. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and thank you for who you are, for thank you for bringing us together. And as we recognize the veterans this week, uh, and we have a holiday for many people, it's just a day uh, back, a, a time off. But for so many others, Lord, it's that they, uh, paid, they, they paid incredible prices. Um, and so as this week, I know there's some special events uh, one honoring somebody who's been uh, missing in action from the war, uh, from wars early on, for others who just, uh, God, who want to experience your freedom. And there's so many of us who are in our own bondage each and every day of life. And so, God, you, you tell us just that your spirit is with us and wants to guide and direct us. So lead us during this time of worship here today. For those who are at home, I ask for a special blessing upon them as well. And for those who may be traveling, God, be with them strengthen them and give them your word as they watch and for all of us together that we whether we're here or whether we're traveling or watching online that God we're so thankful to everything that you've given us in a couple of weeks we're going to celebrate that Thanksgiving as a country and so God as a portion of that right now we give our tithe and your your, your tithe and our offering to you just thanking you a small portion of what you've done and God do as as only you can do, as you did with the loaves and fish, multiply these gifts from the cheerful giver to multiply and meet the many needs in your kingdom. There's so many needs in this world that we can only begin to scratch the surface of in our own power, but under you, God, all things are possible. So, Heavenly Father, 
be upon these gifts. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, so that, that veteran was, uh, his name is Hugh Moore. He was a gunner in World War II, shot down South Pacific. They found his plane last spring, 70 years later. So the Army's having a really big military salute uh, uh, funeral for this guy on Tuesday. He's a friend of mine's uncle, so it's pretty awesome that the military still honors their, you know, the way they do. And uh, it's a big deal, you know, that even 70 years later, you know, they, we still keep looking for our guys. We found them, bringing them back home this Tuesday. Awesome.
morning. This morning our scripture is Matthew 18, verses 21 through 30. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Start where you stand and never mind the past. Past won't help you in beginning new. If you have left it all behind at last, why, that's enough. You're done with it. You're through. The world won't care about your old defeats if you can start anew and win success. The future is your time. And time is fleet. And there is much of work and strain and stress. Forget the buried woes and dead despairs. Here is a brand new trial right at hand. The future is for him who does and dares. Start where you stand. All right. We are going to start where we stand. As I said, we are talking, we've been talking the last several weeks about a do-over. And um, I don't know about you, but several times in my life, I've wanted a do-over. Um, probably used one this week at something. Uh, anybody else? Uh, so um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a do-over. In this series, we just wanted to know what it was like and what it would be like if we got to be refreshed, get a renewed uh, restart, or those of you in computer world, a reboot. That would be nice to just have a, a reboot. Um, when I was getting ready to start this, my uh, iPad wasn't working. Um, and so what I do, I rebooted it. And it came back on and it started again, which was really kind of cool. Um, so I, I thought, wow. When points of my life, like when the alarm goes off in the morning, I'm like, eh. And it's getting harder with that cold, right? It's getting a little bit harder. That I wish I could just like, boom, reboot and start again. Uh, but we, um, often we don't think we can do that, but really we can in Christ. A lot of the quotes and a lot of the topics I've been talking about in this message series come from a, a book by Pete Wilson called Let Hope In. It's a really, really good book about hope. So if you, you're in a point in life where you need some hope, go ahead and check this book out. I think it's excellent. Um, so, um, that's what we're going to look at today. Now, one of the things in doing this today, I was trying to think, remember some of the earliest time that I hurt somebody in my life. I was trying to think of the early time. Now, what I first went to, and I was laughing with Jill about this the other day, I, I kept coming to things that when I was hurt, 
And um, like when I was little and I wanted to be as big as Jill and I got on a clothesline. You remember those things called clotheslines that were a big metal post in your yard? And I got on one side and she got on the other and she just started shaking it. And I was like, no, no. And I was a big wimp and I fell off. Um, but she thought it was funny to watch me freak out at the time. Um, then one time I remembered when, and, and it was good, the end of the story is good because she got really spanked and it was good. Um, but when, when we were on this really big uh, sliding board, really big sliding board, and she went down and she stopped at the bottom. Now, if I was in my right sense, I would have come down with feet flying, ready to kick her out of the way. But for some reason, I didn't. My parents are going, Jill, get out of the way. Jill, get out of the way. Jill, get out of the way. And as I started down, I grabbed hold because I didn't want to hurt her because I am the emotional child in the family <laughs> and the caring one. Um, and so, but what ended up happening was I grabbed hold of the side and I flipped over and it was really high up. And I flipped over and I landed on the best thing I could, my rear end. And I went, boom. And I just stopped and went, ah! like that. But in a couple minutes, Joe went, ah! like this, because dad got hold of her. Um, but I remember her eyes going, boom, like, you know, it was like, is he okay? I'm in deep trouble. Uh, and so, um, but I, I started to remember them. But then I also remembered a time when we were out in the back of our house down in the northeast, and she was walking with somebody across the back parking lot there, and I picked up a rock and just threw it up in the air, and it smacked her right in the head. So we've each had our own little trials against each other of, of hurting people. But one of the things I came to was one time Jill had this friend that came over. And every time, and, and when I was trying to think of the earliest point where I really, really hurt somebody's feelings, I came to this point. There's this person that would come over, and for some reason, every time they came over, I would get in trouble. And I was real little, and um, we'll call her Anne. And while Anne was getting me in trouble for some reason, I always got in trouble. One time, I just blew my stack. I was a little kid in elementary school, told her I hated her, blah, 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 just went on and on and on. And her eyes were like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but I remember that feeling like I actually hurt her. And in one part of that, it was really good. You know what I mean? When you really hurt somebody, it felt good at that moment. But then as I thought about it later, I thought, wow, you know, this is one of the first times I remember I had power in my life to hurt somebody and hurt them badly. And, you know, then, then my mind just really started going. And I remember, I want you to think for a minute with me, if you can. I want you to think of your first love. Go ahead, you can go, okay. Or you can go, okay, whatever way it turned out. But your first love, don't you kind of think like the fairy tale set us up for failure and those things? We think that it's just going to be, perfect, and then somebody's going to find a glass slipper, and we're going to get in a pumpkin and ride off somewhere. I don't know. And you know, we just think it's going to be awesome. And I remember the first person who I was in love with, and how, you know, here I am. I'm like, I'm in love. I'm in love. You know, you have no sense. And you're, going, you're thinking, it's just like that. And I remember getting my heart just broken and torn apart. Now you remember that first love, right? And I remember that and I remember that it did something to me. It destroyed me for a while, right? Oh, you're the ones who destroy everybody. I got it. Um, <laughs> but what it does to you then is it causes you to get a little bit hardened. And I remember another relationship that I was in 
where I, I, wanted to, I decided I was going to break up with this girl. And I, in breaking up with her, I told her, and she was like, no, please don't. It was really good for my ego at the time. Don't leave me. I was like, yeah, I am awesome. Um, but you may work through it. But I remember just the, the feeling there, and she, she tried to kiss me, so I allowed her for a little bit. And, and I realized during that whole process that I was hurting her more by keeping her, keeping her hope alive, right? And, you know, and, and there was something weird about that because when I began to look back, what happened to the young boy who was upset that he hurt somebody to the person who kind of got a little bit of kick and ego boost out of hurting someone? Anybody relating to any of this today? Okay, I'm just checking to make sure. And I began to think a little bit more about this. You know, like think about it during times. Have you or your loved one ever been wounded and you get back at somebody and you really hurt them and this part of you actually likes it that you hurt them? What happened to you? I can tell you what happened to you. You got hurt. When people throughout my life who I've trusted and cared about have hurt me, it does something to me. Because one of the first things I, the first thing I wrote on your sheet today, your bulletin if you haven't, is this, and I've heard it before. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. It happens in life, and that's how this cycle works in our lives. When we're hurt, we hurt others. You know, think about that. This is a cycle that continued from the beginning. You have Adam and Eve messing up. Then you have Cain and Abel. And it just continues this process throughout the Old Testament. People are hurting each other. They're lying. They're cheating. They're stealing. Uh, You know, all this kind of mess. They're killing. They're doing all this stuff because they're hurt. And hurt people go ahead and turn and hurt other people. And as we look at this, all this continues until all of a sudden Jesus comes to earth. And as Jesus comes to earth, he doesn't play by these rules. And he decides to change things. And people hurt him, and he doesn't respond in hurting them back. And then he has these 12 followers that they call disciples that are with them. And they recognize Jesus is not playing by the same rules and the same games that we have. What is this going on here? So after they see all this all of a sudden... Simon Peter, who's one of the disciples, starts to look at this, and I, I can see him sitting there going, what is wrong with him? That person did that. He should go, he's, he's the son of God. He should go over there and smack him in the face or call some angels to do it for him. He can do that kind of stuff. He says, but he's not. But I see this difference about him. He said, maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's this thing called forgiveness. So he begins to ask Jesus' question. If you have, I printed most of it in your... Um, I'm not going through puberty again. It's just my voice, okay? Um, but I put in most of it in your, uh, in your bulletin today, uh, the verse that we're going to have. Um, but I just kind of wanted you to, to take a look at it today. We're going to be in verse 21 of 18. If you have your own Bible, go ahead and bring that. And, you, and you know, I'm going to tell you, write in your Bibles. It's an awesome thing. It's a life manual. It's not something that's holy just to be on the shelf collecting dust. Um, and so here we have... Simon Peter comes to Jesus and he said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone? Seven times? Now, you may say, why did he come up with seven times? By the Jewish law, you were supposed to forgive people three times. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, I'm done with you. 
And that's God's law. Yeah, awesome. I can add that to the Jewish law. So Peter decides he's going to be really good. He's going to double it and add one. He's getting brownie points here. He's kissing up to Jesus. Jesus, how often should I forgive somebody? Seven times? And that's a pretty good thing. He's doubling it and adding one. And as he's doing this, verse 22, Jesus responds in a very interesting way. I think Peter thought he'd say, yes. And he says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, you can do the math and try to figure that out, and you can put a spreadsheet together and go ahead and forgive somebody 490 times, and the 491st, you can say, I'm done. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying it's not the number. He says, if you want this cycle of hurt people hurting people to stop, you have to reach a point in your life, you can't be responsible for others, but what you can be responsible of yourself and start forgiving people. And so he says, no matter what the time, times are, no matter what the situation, forgive those people. Then Jesus goes into a parable, which is like a nice little story. It's not a real story, but it's one to illustrate something. And he picks this up in 18, um, verse 23. And he says, so let me talk about this. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, um, one of his debtors who was brought in owed him, now this translation says millions of dollars. I'm going to add some more to that. What they believe is somewhere between $12 million and $1 billion. Anybody like to pay that bill off? Okay. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. Your actions do affect your family, in case you don't know that. And then it says... But the man fell down before his master, begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. That's part one of the story. It's interesting, the man is thinking that he needs patience when really what he needs is a good dose of forgiveness. Because I got to tell you, what we, when we look at this, what we find out is this man said, I need patience. I beg, please, please, please. And so he says, I forgive you, all that debt. Part two picks up in verse 28, when it says, but the man left the king. He went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him, begged for a little more time, again, wanting patience. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditors wouldn't wait. His creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. What we have here is Jesus begins to answer Simon Peter's question. And he answers it in a couple ways. To number, a couple things that we need to know, and what he tells Peter about this forgiveness is, we need to know that we are forgiven much, and we need to know that you must forgive others of their offenses. So when we look at this, number one on your sheet says, what does forgiveness start with? Forgiveness starts with knowing your debt is paid and accepting that payment. Forgiveness starts with knowing your debt is paid and accepting that payment. You see, in Matthew 18, this is not really about money. It's about sin. What, let me put it in terms for you exactly how long it would have taken. Because in this society, they would pay off years not just money. It would have taken this man, the first man, 
160,000 years to pay off his loan. 160,000. He had a huge insurmountable debt. And so what we're talking about, he had this debt that no, no way he could pay. And guess what? So do you and so do I. It's called sin. Like, just think about this. Think if I sin 10 times a day for a whole year. How much sin is that? Huh? 36.50, right? I'm, I'm cruising along. What if I did that for two years? What if I did that for 10 years? Some of you look older than 10 in here. What if I did it for 40 years? That's an insurmountable debt. I can't pay one of those off. What the scripture tells us is it tells us that the wages of sin, what I deserve for sin is what? Death. Some of us exist and think that we have this huge sin. Some of us have this monster sin, this monster thing that is the elephant in the living room of our lives and we're dealing with it and we can't get rid of it. And we're like, wow, this is huge, it's way too much. And some of us think, okay, I've got just a small one. It's cool. I'm, I'm a little bad. Some of us say, I'm bad, 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 bad. Some of us say, I'm bad. Or you might sing like Michael Jackson, I'm bad. Uh, you know, who knows? But you, you think and know you're bad. We accumulate our badness because we can't get rid of it. And when I was dealing with this, and I've dealt with this sometime, a lot of times in my life, one of the in most interesting things that I've been able to try to do at times, and it works a lot of the time, is just to say, God, sh if I think I'm just bad, not bad, it's just to say to God, God, show me me minus you. Show me, Jack, just give me a glimpse of who he is, who I am, without your grace and love. And you know what I find out? I'm bad. It's a mess. It's a never-ending sin. It's a debt I can't pay. 160,000 years of debt this man had. And when we understand this, we understand that forgiveness starts with knowing that our debt has been paid, but we just need to reach out and accept it. Recognize that Jesus covers our debt, and we are accepted. And when we do that, we begin to understand a couple things, and these are also in your bulletin. We begin to understand that authentic forgiveness is costly. Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, made the statement that grace is free, but it's not cheap. It cost Jesus his life. You see, for this man in this story, as you look here, he owes 160,000 years. 160,000 years. That's generation upon generation upon generation that would have to pay back his debt. He couldn't pay it. And the man, the master forgave it. Guess what? When you forgive a debt, somebody's incurring the pain of the cost. If I gave you $10 that was mine and told you not to pay it back, guess what? I'm $10 in the hole. Correct? So somebody has to pay the price. In this case, this man takes on, let's go monetary, 12 to a billion dollars. 12 million to a billion dollars. In his life, he loses out on all that free labor over the years. When we look at ourselves, my sin is, and my, the, the gift of God is free if I accept it, but it cost Jesus his life. It cost him being brutally beaten and nailed to a cross and suffering and dying. 
and raising again in order that I might be free from the debt that I have that I can't pay. But because of his great love for me, he pays it himself. Because the wages of sin, as I said, is death. I deserve death. You want to make somebody look at the person next to you and say, you deserve death. Boy, is that a good statement today, right? Every person you see walking the face of the earth deserves to die because of our badness. But because of the grace of God, the goodness of Jesus, by him paying that price and paying that debt, you and I are released and free. And if that don't make you excited, ain't nothing going to make you excited. If you had a debt of 160,000 years, let me tell you what your debt is. Your debt is eternal death. Not just going in the grave, it's forever death. Separation from God. And Jesus paid that price for you upon his own body. He beat it, now we need to accept it. Because number two tells us, forgiveness is giving up the right to hurt you for hurting me. Forgiveness is giving up the right to hurt you for hurting me. When we look at this section here, Oh, I, f- I forgot one. Let me go back a little bit. I forgot one. This is the most important part. Ah, I jumped ahead. Forgiveness is not condoning, reconciling, and forgetting. These are very important. I forgot it. So, um, Forgiveness is not condoning. What does it mean to condone? A lot of people think if we forgive somebody, then we are condoning and, and saying approving of their behavior. That's not true at all. When we condone, we're not saying it's okay. What we're saying is we're going to absorb the hurt and not use our right to get in the way of hurting more. When we reconcile, now you say, wait a second, Jack. You said restore is the name of the sermon. You're saying it's not reconciliation. No, hurt, sometimes many of you are hurt so bad, there is no way you can let that hurt balance out with the person that hurt you. But you know what it is? It's about the Frozen soundtrack. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Right? Let it go. I have seen people whose lives are so miserable, and they make everybody else around them miserable. And guess what? Everybody else has a problem in their life but them because they've been so hurt. I will tell you, they have been hurt. Remember what I said? Hurt people do what? Hurt people. And hurt people who have been hurt again Hurt more people. And people who keep hurting people only know how to hurt people, and they never let any love in, let alone the love of God. And so they're going to hurt and hurt and hurt, and they're going to focus on their own hurt. Meanwhile, they're hurting everybody else around them and don't care. You may never get reconciled with people like that, but you can forgive them and move on and not let it hurt and control your life. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hurt people controlling my life. You know what I mean? Anybody have this? Like, I will journey with people. But there are some people who love to be steeped in their hurt so much, they want everybody to be as miserable as they are. Amen? Holidays are coming. You're going to see them, some of them at your table, just letting you know. And in doing that process, they don't want to get out of the cycle. Some people, which flabbergast me, say they love Jesus but won't allow forgiveness to come in and move and change their lives. They'd rather be steeped in their hurt. And you know when we embrace our hurt, you know what it does? It denies what Christ did for us on the cross. 
and we make him out to be a liar. And I got to tell you, he's no liar. Let it go. Forgetting. It's not forgetting. It's not forgetting at all. It doesn't seem possible. There are some of you who have been hurt so badly, there is no way you can forget. I, I wish we were like computers at times where we could just go, whoop, zip it out and throw it away. Not there, but we can't. To be forgiven and be forgiving, this requires something. Um, and what it requires is we've got to recognize that we have a big problem. We have a very, very big problem. Do you know? Look at the person next to you and say, you've got a big problem. All right. Isn't it good that you get to tell people they got issues in church? All right. As I said before, forgiveness is giving up the right to be hurt, to hurt you for hurting me. And that's enormous. You see, this guy had 160 years of debt, but then he turns and sees somebody who owes him. He grabs him by the neck and throws him in prison. His debt didn't seem equal, but he forgot about extending that same grace and love. You know, it's hard to forgive because I can tell you, there was a a woman one time who came to a pastor and she said, I can't forget because every time, every time I begin to forgive, I have a nightmare and I remember what that person did for me. And the pastor stopped and he talked to him. He said, it was an older church and they had a belfry out there. Anybody remember the bells and they had those big ropes as kids, you would go, boom, and you go all the way up, boom, like that. Had one of those, and he said, you see, that, you see that bell out there? He said, when you first start putting, pulling that rope, it just rocks back and forth. He said, but, but then as you go ahead and keep ringing, then it's st- pulling it, then it starts ringing. And he said, when you let go of that rope, guess what it still does? It still rings. He said, we're not called to go ahead and stop the bell from ringing. All we're supposed to do sometimes is just let go of the rope and let it stop eventually. When when you have this unforgiveness because you can't forget, remember, just let go of the rope. Quit ringing the bell. Quit ringing the bell. Because you're never going to get forgiveness if you're constantly ringing that bell. It's going to keep chiming. And eventually the healing of Christ will, will fill your life. Because even though hurt people hurt people, hurt people don't have to hurt people. The big problem that I said we have is this. If you're like me, and that's a scary thought for a second, but I'll let that set in. But if you're like me, meaning human, you often remember more how you were hurt than how you hurt others. I do. I forget how I help people and how I hurt people. And if I live life that way, only remembering how I've been hurt rather than how I'm hurting others, once I switch that around and recognize, wow, I do hurt others, that's a big eye-opening opportunity for me. Look what it says in Ephesians 4.32. Instead, Jesus gives a new way rather than hurting. Instead, ready for this? Be kind to each other. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Those are some of the hardest verses in Scripture. Because there are people who are hurt that it takes a lot more effort to be kind to. 
There are a lot of people in life who they're hard to be tenderhearted to because they're so hard-hearted. But guess what? Here's the thing. Even though it doesn't seem possible to be forgiven and to be forgiving, it requires something from you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Here it is. I need, it requires me to hope in the possibility that God can. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago about but God? What it requires you to do is hope in the possibility that God can. I can't, but God can. Look at what it says in 1 Peter. Interesting that Peter, the one who asked this question about forgiveness, writes this. Here's what he says. He personally carried the load of our sins in his body when he died on the cross so that we can be what? Finished with sin and live a good life from now on. For his wounds have healed ours. What is going on here? Well, there's a couple things that are going on here. When I have hope in the possibility that God can, it lets me know this. That number one, that God covers my wrong. God pays my 160,000 year debt. God's got me covered. Jesus says, Jack, you're a mess. And I say, I am a mess. I am a mess. He says, that's all right. I got you covered. I'll take that upon me. I'm taking your sin upon me. When I was on the cross, I took that upon me before you even dealt with it. Oh, the stuff you do today, come to me and ask for repentance. We talked about that a little bit last week. And I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to wipe it away. I'm going to clean the slate. That's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give that to you, Jack. And I say, okay, cool. So that's the first thing I got. But there's another thing that you need to know. That, Jack, I'm also going to ultimately heal your wounds if you let me. If you let me heal the wounds, I'm going to do it. Do you know how many people in my life, no matter what field I'm in, you know, I, I've, God's given me this kind of ability that from the point I was a teenager, people would come and tell me their problems. And it's all right. I don't mind that. The kids on the football team call me, say I'm like Coach Dr. Phil. And I'm like, you got to get a block. No, and so, but um, but I like that because I know that long after X's and O's that they see me out, they're going to connect with me and talk to me about things that are more important than football games. They're going to talk to me about their life. And hopefully sometime they're going to talk to me about faith and connecting with Jesus. That's important to me. It's important to me, these kids. They're not just football players. They're pe- kids who I want to see become awesome people in life. And to recognize that no matter what wounds I have, and I can tell you in this room, I guarantee you there's some mighty ones. There's some big ones. But if I have hope in the possibility that God can, you know what I'm saying there? If I hope that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, then here's what happens. If God says that, then he's going to cover my mess. He's going to take that upon himself, which he did, and he's going to heal my wounds. Now I want to ask you a question right now. Who have you hurt? Think for a second. Who have you hurt? It could have been somebody who was just standing in line at the grocery store and they butted in front of you and you got all huffy and you wanted to throw a pack of bacon at their head or something. Right? Could have been that, could have been that person that cut you off on the road and you stuck your head out the window and yelled ungodly things. Right? Could be somebody in your family. Could be your children. Could be your spouse. Could be somebody that you love who's hurt and hurting and you respond very harshly because you know they're hurting 
but you're tired of them trying to hurt you, so you go ahead and hurt them back. Maybe some... Now, now let me ask you this question. What's the worst thing somebody's ever done to you? Bet you got that one right away, don't you? I see on your faces around here that we all have the worst thing that somebody's done to us because we feel it. We know it. We don't forget it. It's there. Sometimes we, that, we try to get rid of it, but we ring that bell once again. It just keeps ringing in our lives. Now, add to that hope and the possibility that God can heal your wounds. If he does, there's something that's really cool because then we begin to change the way we view and when we begin to change the way that we view ourselves, if that man had really looked and said, oh my gosh, I am so forgiven this debt that I can't pay, he would have gone ahead and extended that little debt to somebody else. But he didn't. Because when we begin to see others, when we recognize our forgiveness through Christ, we also begin to look and say, because I'm forgiven, I'm going to look at somebody else a little bit differently as well. And when I begin to look at somebody else differently, instead of hurt people hurting hurt people, we have something different. And that's free people, free people. Free people, free people, and restored people, restore people. And I want to close today with sharing with you a story of a person from faith, and I think it fits very well. Some of you may have never heard the name Corey Ten Boom. Anybody ever heard the name Corey Ten Boom? Okay. It's a, sadly a name that has passed on um, from our vernacular in the church. But Corey Ten Boom was in a, uh, a Dutch family, I believe, and she, was, she and her family were Christians that were hiding Jewish people during World War II. They were told on by a neighbor or a business associate, and they spent time in a concentration camp. Her father and sister were thrown into concentration camps. She watched her sister die on December 16, 1944. By a mix-up in paperwork, she was released in December 28, and she was a follower of Jesus. Her sister actually said, hey, when this war is over, we need to buy one of these concentration camps for all the refugees. And they, she actually did that. That was one of the things that she did. Um, had some people that helped. And... She started this ministry to people coming out of concentration camps. As time went on, in 1947, she was speaking in Munich, Germany, in a church. And she was talking about the forgiveness of God. This was after Germany uh, and the war, so you can understand what the feeling may have been like. And people heard her, but there was no questions asked that time in Germany. And they heard it, and they walked out and left in silence. Except for one man who she saw coming toward her. She said, I looked up, I saw the overcoat and the brown hat. The next, the blue uniform, a visor cap with skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with its harsh overlights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes on the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. This man was one of my guards in Raven's book, concentration camp. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment of her skin. And I thought, Betsy, how thin you were. Now he was in front of me. The man came up to her not recognizing who she was, but heard her speak about being a prisoner in Ravensbrook. 
And he said, you mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk. I was a guard there. He hadn't remembered who she was. But she said, I remember vividly who he was. He was one of the most brutal guards and did unspeakable things to my sister, me, and several others in the concentration camp. He said, I was a guard there, but since that time I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear from your lips as well. Fraulein, and he stuck his hand out and he said, will you forgive me? As I stood there, I who sins again and again have been forgiven and could not, I could not forgive. Betsy had died in that place. Could he just erase her terrible, slow, agonizing death with simply asking? It could not have been many seconds that I stood there, hand held out, but it seemed to me as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do, since she rifled through her purse and was trying to do other things, and she said, for I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus said, neither will I, your Father in heaven, forgive you of yours. I knew it was not only a commandment of God, but a daily experiences that I had day in and day out. Forgiveness is an act of will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart, she says. So she said in the silence of her heart, I prayed, help. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. But God, you've got to supply the feeling. And she writes, and so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm. It sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all of my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands. The former guard and the former prisoner. I had known God's love. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Amazing, amazing account. Forgiven. She wrote in that book and several others, this one, I'm still learning to forgive. An incredible woman who recognized that she was not truly free. Here she is speaking about forgiveness and immediately the person who did the cruelest thing to her and her family shows up there. Who are you not forgiving? And where is forgiveness eating up your life? Let's pray. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. God, I just want to thank you. Forgiveness is always that tough thing that we discuss. But God, I want to thank you for forgiving me. I want to thank you for your love. And I want to thank you for, your, for receiving your debt. So Lord, as we all stand right now in this attitude of prayer, I want us to, to pl- recognize we are all in that position of that man who owned 160,000 years of debt. That God, we owe more than that, but out of your great love, you love us and gave your life up for us. And so God, as we believe that today and I pray that some people may for the first time in their lives be wrestling with us and believe that that 
this warmth may continue over our hearts, that we will feel your presence here releasing, as we release the rope of that bell, as we receive your healing presence, God. Do something mighty in our works. So if you're here today and you have, you've been holding on to a rope for a long time and you've got all kinds of reasons why to hold on to that, but really it's just hurting you more and you're hurting others, just raise your hand and say, God, I need you to go ahead and cover that. I need you to release me and heal my wounds. Just raise your hand up high right now. Just go ahead and raise your hand. I see that. If you've been hurt by somebody else and that hurt has caused you just to be separated and disconnected and frustrated and wonder where God is or, or lose hope in people. If you've been hurt, you say, I need you to cover my mess and heal my wounds. Go ahead and just raise your hand right now where you are. You're hurt. There's people who've been hurt all around this room. There's people at home who are hurt. And there's others. Guess what? I got to tell you something. Everybody's been hurt. But ultimately, we have a Savior. His name's Jesus. And some of you may, for the first time, be coming to a point in, in hearing that there's this free gift that you didn't realize you really had a debt. You said, I'm bad, but I'm not bad. When you look at yourself without Jesus, you're, it's all bad. So if you say to yourself, Lord, I, 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 I can't do this anymore on my own. I need you. I need your love and your grace. I need that free gift that was so costly to you. I need you to pay my debt and move in my life so I can start this season of thanksgiving with the greatest thanks and praise that I ever could. And you know what that is? Is that I need a Savior because I'm a mess. And you're the only one that can fill that bill, Jesus. So I received that and I believe that and I accept it in my life. And now as you've forgiven me, Help me like Corey Ten Boom, where it may be all I can do is just mechanically throw out my hand, but God, you can bring the healing presence through your Holy Spirit. If you feel that way, just raise your hand. Commit your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask our prayer coordinators to come forth. So Lord God, as your spirit moves around this place and as we sing praises to you, I want to thank you for everybody here. I want to thank you for those watching. But most of all, God, I want to thank you for your presence right here. There are hurts just all in our lives, and we're trying to press them down right now. I feel people just pressing it down, saying, I don't want to cry anymore. I don't want to be frustrated anymore. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to press it down. God, just let us let it go. Let it go. And move through your spirit in this place. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come and pray up front on the sides that's what we're here for use this as a time to have somebody join with you within me feels dry this is my prayer in my hunger I need my God is the God who provides and this is my prayer in the fire in weakness or trial or pain there is 
Years of faith proved of more work than gold. So refine me, Lord, through the flame. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will Things like that. I um, were you planning on? I on am. Here? You know, um, oh. I just want to get you guys on a patriotic note. 
uh, today. I'm going to leave just kind of. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you have to go, we want to recognize that as well. But it's, it's also such an important thing that I think it's great for us to connect. And I know we went over today because of those, those two things. But I do think it's really important <laughs> to take these extra God's 10 gone. minutes or so just to focus on the veteran. So, so this is my favorite song. Lee Greenwood wrote in the 80s, you know, to, his, his point was to try and bring us together as a nation. And it's become like the anthem for every war and conflict since then, you know. And it's just, uh, just one of the songs that I just can't help but love. And uh, you know what? So let's give a shout. Who, who loves America? <laughs> who still believes it's, it's our nation under God and not some political other God? All right, let's go. If tomorrow all the things were gone I worked for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my God above To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, Detroit down to Houston, New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. Several years ago, um, there, there were some churches that decided to take America and things about nationality out of the churches. 
we got to recognize that we are blessed to live in this country, and thank God for that. So um, have an awesome week. You see a veteran, do something awesome for him. And again, wasn't that worth just the extra time? Praise God. Have an awesome week. See you next week. Any first place you go to, right? <laughs>